Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Five Star Joshi Show here on the Fight Game Media Network. I am your host, Scott Edwards, and with me today is none other than Peps. Peps, how you doing? Hi, um, I'm fine. Just just exhausted from school, and now I'm here to talk about the Stardom Show. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm also exhausted, not from school, just from life, um, as we all are, I think, at one point or another. But, yes, we are here to talk Stardom Supreme Fight. Sorry, let me, let me say exactly the name. The 12th Anniversary Commemoration Stardom Supreme Fight 2023, uh, which happened this Jesus. past Saturday. Uh, obviously a major show. To me, Stardom's first real pay-per-view of the year, especially after uh, Azami and Starlight Kid were not able to compete on that show with Sayaka Watani and Ami Saray. Shifted it all up. This felt like the real opening to the year for Stardom. And it took long enough. I felt like uh, I was waiting forever. Uh, before we get into the actual show... How did you enjoy the show? So before we get into the matches, how did you enjoy the overall show? Mm, I, I I thought the show was pretty good. I think the the cheering elevated the show even to a higher level than it it was if it was like a month ago without cheering. Um, yeah, to, for the matches, I mean, we will go into detail detail later. But I think all for all for the last four matches were all pretty fun. One better than the other. A few, a bit disappointing, but yeah. Yeah, I think with the cheering, especially, um, it elevated everything in its own way. Whether, you know, like you said, there were one or two matches. I think people could walk away and said they were disappointed. And maybe that's because the expectations for certain matches yeah. are so high yeah. now, too. Um, to the point where, like, a good match is almost unacceptable in terms of <laughs> the mindset uh but with cheering the undercard really was supported um and it it created a very intriguing and exciting triangle derby match that i think that especially uh was important to me because I was like, you know, if if these matches had cheering, Triangle Derby has, I think they would be elevated to that higher level because ultimately, for those who haven't figured it out yet, Triangle Derby is a way to not only create a number one contender for the Artists of Stardom Championships, but it's also an opportunity to make these early house shows have some meaning to them. Uh, that's why, you know, I know some people are expecting, like, top tier trios matches because that's what startup does but a lot of the time it's like you know it's just cool for the house shows to have something of importance on there so i've never really put too much stock into it i think this this one especially kind of gives us an idea of what to look forward to now the rest of the tournament though uh but we're, we haven't got there yet um in terms of cheering uh it was just a beautiful beautiful thing to hear here at Stardom, uh, you know, it, it was in, since 2020 uh, that we've had that. And it's it's incredible what cheering does. I never, you know, I never sat there watching a Stardom show because I got so used to it and be like, wow, you know, this would have been infinitely better with cheering. And I only didn't think that because they were hitting at such a high level that I was like, I wasn't bothered by it. 
But, you know, with other companies like a New Japan or you know, someone like that, you knew they needed cheering, right? Because it just, mm-hmm. it, it's it's so different for them. But now that I have cheering and start, I'm like, well, I never want to lose this again. It just creates a different atmosphere. That tag team title match is a different match because of cheering, uh, yeah. which we'll get to later. But overall, um, it's exciting that Cherig's back because now we have a chance to not only see who's a favorite in this company, but just have overall great atmosphere every time we watch. Um, yeah, uh, the thing is, I don't know. Um, it's like the first live cheering show I watched from since I started to watch Stardom, and it was like a totally different atmosphere compared to how it was like watching it back, like all those 2016 matches, whatever. It's like before my time and now seeing like for the first time it's starting show cheering was pretty cool and uh to the point where like i think like nearly everyone got cheered loudly um besides a seven up but that was you know that's like the whole character they needed to get booed but like even all those oedo time uh oedo wrestlers were like cheered like crazy yeah yeah i mean the 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 tie thing I think is very interesting, and uh, I think we'll get to that. And, and some of the cheering for Oedo tie wasn't too shocking to me. Like we know Saki yeah. Kashima is a huge, huge uh, fan favorite over there. Um, I'll always point to that match she had with Shuri that wasn't even supposed to happen. Uh, that ranked as one of the favorite matches of 2021 amongst uh, Japanese fans. So. It, it's not shocking that they were cheered, but it is, I guess it is shocking that they were um, cheered more than some. But I think it's exciting. I think all of this is very exciting, but let's get to it. Let's kick off the show here. They started with the Niniwa Roulette, which was a very creative match in that it was a gauntlet, five-minute time limit, over-the-top rules apply, pin, submission, a little bit of everything, and it started with none other than Mayu Iwatani, of course, <laughs> the, the woman who made the match, but at the same time said none of these things that the match ended up being, uh, <laughs> which made it all the funnier. But her getting to be the first out in front of cheering, yeah, that made me very happy, as you can imagine. Yeah, um, obviously, the right choice. I, I like the little, I don't know if it was like, on purpose, but like that Mayu wasn't ready to even come out because she didn't expect to come out at first, that she didn't even have her full robe on. Maybe it's just Mayu being Mayu, but I'm interpreting as that um, Mayu didn't expect to go out first, which is kind of funny. Um, she she obviously deserves to be the first one to get the cheers, and she got cheered loudly, at least during her entrance. That mm-hmm. shifted with the next one coming out. Yeah, so the next person out was none other than Waka Sukiyama, which, again, shouldn't surprise anyone. Uh, Waka is, she's going to get just such an incredible, incredible response when she gets that win, whenever she gets that win. Um, But as you can expect, Mayu Yutani made quick work of her. She didn't uh, didn't stand much of a chance. Yeah, um... I mean, the crowd was totally behind her, and coming up with her big match against Nene at the at the Triangle Derby. F- no, wait, at the New Blood pay-per-view. Yeah, New Blood Premium. Yep. Um, the, the fans gonna go crazy 
um, especially since against Nane Takashi. Um, it might be our first win, it might be not, but we are a good way to it, I feel like. Yeah, I think my excitement for that match has risen a lot just from the reaction here for Waka and reaction from Nanai later in the night. I think those two going together, it should make for an exciting match. Uh, the next part of this match, uh, Mayu Yutani defeat Momo Kogo. Uh, kind of continuation of that little story that uh, Momo continues to try and prove to stars, try to prove to Mayu that she's worth it. Uh, but she continues to have tough luck. Not that I expected her to beat Mayu Yutani. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, the first three names, I mean, we, we can count in Miyu Amasaki. No spoilers. She was the third one, and she also got eliminated by Mayu. The, the, the first three was, was you know, the, the perfect ones to get Mayu a few eliminations while getting a few good cheers and a few good pops by the crowd. Um, for all three, for Waka, Momokogo, and Miyu Amasaki was the first stardom show with cheering. Um, I think it was the first overall show for Miyu Amasaki with cheering. I'm not yes. so sure sure yes. about Waka. I think uh, Waka... No, Waka too. Waka debuted in 2020. Yeah. yeah. So it was the first one for her too. And Momokogo was, I think, debuted before. I believe so. So Momokogo was the first one. Yeah, okay. Momokogo heard cheering before her in her career. The others two didn't. Which is kind of cool because you know, yeah. um, we like it, it. Just you know, it's like okay, Waka debuted like two and a half years ago now, and she it's like the first time she heard a fan cheer for her, and not just clap, which which is insane. Yeah, I think I think that's a special part of this whole night. Is some people you realize not only have never received cheering in their career, but you know they ended up being amongst the favorites um, or. People that fans wanted to support, I think that's very cool. So, like you said, uh, Mayu beat Miyu Amasaki, and then Tam Nakano uh, was the next one out. And this is where I think everyone realized, oh, okay. Uh, not only is Mayu not running a whole roulette as we I didn't expect, but these two are going to go to a draw surely. And not only did they go to a draw, they might have had the best five minutes of the match. If it wasn't these five minutes, it was the next five minutes after. But uh, we got a great little mini match in here between two of the very best. Yeah, 100%. I mean, they had fantastic sequences in there. I mean, what else can you expect from those? They are two of the best in the whole company, in the whole world. And they have fantastic chemistry and they just worked really well together. The draw was expected. Even though there was there was a funny sequence in there when when uh, Tamna kind of went to the top rope to do her uh, dive to the outside and Waka screamed at her saying that she would be eliminated if she goes over the top rope and, and like Tam was totally confused by it. I don't think she got the memo of the rules. Yeah, that was that was hilarious when she got up there and Waka was like no 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 no. Um, <laughs> And I was like, wow, Waka, you know, Waka saved her despite, you know, about to being kicked off this team. Shout out to Waka. She didn't have to do that. She could have let her jump. She could have let her fail. Uh, but, yeah, Tam was going for that diving crossbody and, you know, thought better of it. Uh, but the five minutes were up. Both were eliminated. And that came down to Mina Shirakawa and Natupoi. So the two other favorites that I thought were going to win this match, uh, back to back. And I just, I just sat there. I was like, oh. All right, if Mina's not winning this, then I have no idea who is. Uh, but these were another great five minutes of action. I think these two have great chemistry. And, you know, credit to Mina. 
I've I've talked about this recently, but now that she's back into the flow of things after her injury, she's really at the top of her game now. Um, You know, her strikes are fluid. Her submission work is actually entertaining. Like, when I watch her do the figure four, it's better than watching, like, I don't know, name any other random wrestler that does the figure four. There's so many that do it. Uh, And the struggle at the end of this match I thought was really great where Natsu Poi was just trying to survive and not tap out so Mina couldn't advance. Um, I was kind of hoping Natsu Poi would only because I wanted the match to continue with Mina in it, but that would not happen, and they were both eliminated. Yeah, I mean, the the story here is clear. Um, they, they had tensions in the fights or like before the fights are since uh, since Natsupoi joined Cosmic Angels, which, which kicked off the whole Mina, I, I don't know if I would call it a heel turn, but the club Venus thing. Now it here continues with a five-minute match. I think it was pretty good. Um, Mina is getting, just getting better. Natsupoi is Natsupoi. What else can you expect from them? Um, yeah. I think that was like from the, from the matches inside of this red, it was likely the second best. I mean, mm-hmm. wrestling-wise it was, but entertaining-wise is another one that can't keep up, keep up with it. But we will come to it later. Um, the the finish wasn't surprising when the two came out, but uh, they they definitely both got got a pop from me when they were like when it came out. It was like, oh, okay, now it's going down again. And then yeah. I was like, okay, who's gonna win this? Yeah, and I think that's kind of the fun moments that you get out of this match. And it's um, I almost prefer if it came towards the end, but it's okay. Uh, they went through a different route, but this match was really long. So after these two matches were over, I was like, "Oh man, we have so much time left." Um, but anyways, we move we move along here. Um, we had Mariah May and my Sakurai next up. Uh, Mariah May took made quick work of my Sakurai. Uh, this is this was by the way it was Mariah May's first uh, singles matches. Uh, in stardom so I, I did find it interesting to see how she'd do and while the my my sakurai one was pretty much nothing uh the one with tecla i thought impressed a lot and i walked away from it saying all right well here's your swa championship match if you want to bring that belt back because yeah i thought they both looked great against one another they had good chemistry and i thought the excitement of the over the top rope elimination where they both fell to the floor was definitely there and i think the fans are into it yeah 100 um coming into this matchup was like okay mariah may or massacre could definitely win this to bring back the SWA belt i think we need to wait a little longer for that um but but i i haven't talked about mariah may yet um really but but she's way better than I expected. Um, she can wrestle. <laughs> it, it, yeah. it sounds stupid, but the expectations for Gaijin in stardom, in stardom is low for me because we had in the past and also last year with, with Alpha Female, a few that, you know, can't wrestle the wall. Mm-hmm. Well, like, I wouldn't mm-hmm. say can't, but they aren't on the level of the rest of the roster. And Mariah May can keep up, keep up with it, and Tekla obviously proved it the last year that she's great. Um, like you said, that should be the SWO program when it's whenever it's coming back. I hope it's soon because it would give a lot of women that needed something to do 
instead of like floating around and doing nothing for months. Yeah. Yeah, that's I continuously say this with that title because there's no perfect scenario, I think, with it. And while I would love that to kind of be a mid-card title for everyone, of course the rules do hold it back a little bit, but I think with a Tekla or Mariah May, someone of that some someone of that skill level holding that title really would fit. And then that way you, like you said, have a lot of wrestlers have something to do. Um, you know, like the Saki Kasha Saki Kashimas, Natsuka Toras, um, you know, Momokogos even. That's something for them to do uh, on these shows rather than just being in big tags or battle royals or roulettes or you get the point. So anyways, we move ahead. Uh, those, that, was a good, uh, that was a good couple minutes between those two. Uh, Natsuka Tora and Momoko Hanazono were out, and they were so entertaining. I know some people... Some people just aren't going to like Momoka Hanazono. I'm not one of those people. I think she's fantastic. I think she's made for stars if she ever feels like joining them. She doesn't even have to sign with the company. I just think she should be in stars. She teams with Momokogo. Uh, she has that bubbly personality. Yes, pun was intended. Um, but she can just go. Like you, when the when the bell rings, she can be all funny with the bubbles and stuff, but she can just get in there and go. She's one of the best uh, under the radar wrestlers out there today, and I think she has nothing but great potential to uh, shine and really make people notice her. And I thought her work here with Tora was incredibly entertaining because they're so different. She broke her bubble machine off of her head. Um, <laughs> And then Tor really broke it, but it was so entertaining. I was like, "This is this is why I enjoy a match like this." Yes, was it the level of Mina Natsupoi, Mayu, and Tam? No, but it was still very good for the the latter half of the show, which I thought, uh, or latter half of the match, which I thought this was maybe one of the best parts of it. Yeah, uh, for me too. Um, I'm a big Momokanas and a fan. Um, it, it, it's kind of funny. Every time a promotion is in Osaka and you see like a post of it, it's always Momoka Hanasono on, on the poster. It's, it's like she's only in Osaka for some reason. Yeah, she's obviously from there, but it, it's just funny to me. And um, the, the thing about Momoka is um, she just brings in something totally different to Stardom. Of course, we have those more comedy characters in Stardom, like Kaguma leans into it lately a lot, but she is even hers, like, she, she wrestles a lot of herself and, like, wrestles seriously when it matters. Momoka just brings in fun. It's just something totally different that just distracts from all this, all the really seriousness that, that the promotion has, especially on the on the big shows. Um, yeah. Kind of funny enough that they put Tora against her because Tora's, like, the total opposite of, of, mm-hmm. of Momoka. Like, the total evil badass that, that brawls and destroys everyone. And, like, Momoka's the cute little let go over the bubbles that like tries to tries her best. Yeah. Yeah, I think while everyone agrees, I'm sure that she'd be great uh, full time participant in say the high speed division, I do think she offers even more than that. 
Uh, not to say, not saying she's guaranteed to be brought in or anything, but I do think she is one hell of a talent, and she showed that here. Um, now it was time for X, which I think a lot of people can agree they uh, was uh, pretty underwhelming. It ended up being Billick and Death, which of course is just hooking and Death, which of course is just Koking and Death, which of course is just Kaori Oniyama, uh, and she defeated Yunami Zamori, which did make me laugh um i uh it was fine I, the x's yeah. are are getting <laughs> it's, it's, a little bit insane in terms of it's, it's, what it's it hilarious. ends up being but, it's, it's hilarious um my, my the funniest inside of sodom is whenever there's an axe it's like either someone totally that you don't expect or it's fuking in depth coming out with some new gimmick it's like mm-hmm. either hers go king dev coming out or it's a super sodom machine it's always those three possibilities. Yeah, like it's like I think the f- fourth time now that fucking death or is like a surprise entrance at like the last five axes or so. Mm-hmm. I think she was an axe at the Stardom Rumble in in the Queendom two, and I think before that she, she was I think at the um, New Japan Stardom Historics Oval Show she was also an axe. Yeah, so it's like always she's like always axe and it's just hilarious. Um. She came out with, with the old Ringkampf Walters indie theme, which is kind of funny because AW didn't use it for Timothy Thatcher and Thatcher <laughs> uses it in Noah, but like Stardom just throws it out for Billy Kim Death. Yes, they, they said Fukigin, Billy Kim, that, that's your new version of uh, Walter on the scene. Um <laughs> Anyways, Death beat uh, Mizumori, and then out came Saki Kashima, the final entrant, and Saki Kashima got the win, uh, earning herself a championship match of her choosing, which she would go on to select the high-speed championship. I think she, you know, if if one of the top-tier talents weren't going to win, having someone like Saki Kashima win, I think, is great. Um, not only because I do think that her in a high-speed title match, which is something I've been asking for, is very interesting and very much something I'm looking forward to, but uh, she she deserves a win for all the hard work she puts in. Yeah. Uh, and getting her getting her a singles title match is always cool with me. Yeah, um, I always need to say it. Saki Kashima is like one of the most unsung heroes in the last few years in Sodom. Um, I mean, whenever you need her, she's there and she does great stuff. She she's not like you know she's not like your. Utami, she's not your Momo Watanabe, she's not your Starlight Kid, she's not your, you name them. But she's always there when you need her, she does her role perfectly, and she deserves a single spell now. Um, and also, it feels like she's the first challenger for Azumi that, like, actually has a chance to dethrone her. Um, yes. I mean, um, the, the, as the, the Starlight Kid with Azumi rematch is announced for the Triangle Derby final, but... Yeah. Um, March... Yeah. Fourth, I March believe. Fourth, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um. I mean, I mean, for me, it's clear that that Azumi is gonna win it and then break the defense record. Mm-hmm. So then Saki Kashima winning her first singles belt. I mean, it's it's likely gonna be at a big venue too, since after the Triangle Derby, it's not many possibilities left for Saki Kashima to challenge. Um. No, I really not. hope she wins. I do too. I hope. I hope that match either happens at a Corkin or a big venue, like you said. If it's at yeah, a Corkin, it, I'd like them to get that made of that spot. It, it's it's either the Corkin between, I think there's a Corkin between, 
uh, between the Triangle Final and Yokama Arena, or they just do it at Yokama? There definitely is, yeah. Yeah, they, this because Yokohama Arena is not till end of April, so yeah, I'm sure. Okay, they definitely. So. Yeah, Off or, or like they, they do it in some some big Osaka show. They often do that too. Yeah, or if, I know this doesn't really fit uh, the show, but if they're trying to sell more tickets, they could always just toss it on New Blood, uh, which yeah. would New Blood Premium, which wouldn't surprise me either. That show, I I have some thoughts on uh, when we eventually get to that show because. I'm sure they're going to want to sell tickets one way or the other, um, so they may toss on a big title match. Anyways, uh, after this, the Cinderella tournament was announced to have 36 competitors. And here are all the competitors, because I am the psycho that wrote them down. Uh, Utami Haishishida, Azumi, Hazuki, Koguma, Momokogo, Tam Nakano, Natsupoi, Tekla, Mai Sakurai, Maika, Hameka, Lady C, Hina, Miyu Amasaki, Natsuko Tora, Momo Watanabe, Mina Shirakawa, Mariah May, Ami Sarei, Tomoka Inaba, Ruaka, Rina, Shuri, Starlight Kid, Haruka Umasaki, Saki Kashima, Mayu Yutani, Sai Ida, Hanan, Nanai Takahashi, Yuna Mizumori, Sai Kamatani, Julia, Mirai, and two names to be named later. So, that was a lot. 36 names, like I said. How are we feeling about the field heading into this new uh, this this year with the tournament? Um, I mean, it's not yet revealed when the winner will challenge for the belt. I mean, it's it's got to be another challenge. I don't think they will do something another wish, which is possible. Yeah, to be but it's always going to be a title <laughs> challenge. Um, I mean, since the the Cinderella is shortly before the Hyokama Arena, and shortly after is another pay per view for Koka. Um, there are definitely it's a crazy. few opportunities. I think running going into this tournament as of right now, the favorite should be Mina Shirakawa. Otherwise, I would never count on like it. Um, but we will come to that when it's happening. Um, my hope is still that Micah wins it, but <laughs> that's another thing. Um, I appreciate your heart on that one. I appreciate you hoping. Yeah, uh, but but the feeling is, is you know it's like. I think everyone is in there from Sodom, I think. Yeah. 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 And and obviously the two axes. I mean the two axes could be literally everyone. Um it could be Billy Kin Death. Of course um, it can. <laughs> yeah. But it it's could be Fukigin be, and Gokigin too. Yeah. Would would not be surprised. in both it, spots. I mean <laughs> so, so, uh, there's like a lot of possibilities. Maybe maybe it's like um, s- some new Gaijin is coming in. It could be someone from another promotion that is yep. building up something to uh, to the Yukama Arena. It could be everyone. Um, I hope it's 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 someone cool. That's my only hope for it. That and I hope nice. that, and I hope that this year's Cinderella will be a bit better structured than last year's, which I don't see happening. Sadly. Since yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, since, since I think that uh, Cinderella under the new system with like more participants and more matches kind of kind of doesn't make it as special as like the, those one night events. Yeah, the one night events. Uh, one, I wish those could have been live once upon a time. We never have experienced that. My phone is ringing. Of course it is. Um, it's interesting to me how you how you create 
these shows because now that they're expanded to four different shows. So they have the first round um, in March. I believe it's the 26th off the top of my head. Yeah, it is. Yeah, um, the, then the, they have the day the, after the You Blood show. Then they have two shows at the beginning of April uh, for the middle rounds, and then they have the final on the 15th. So to me, which, by the way, that show on the 15th, that's the final show before uh, Grand Queendom. So I think that's very important because there, to me, there's a hesitance on having the Wonder Stardom title match, whoever makes the wish, happen right on that show because you don't have time to build it on any other show. You don't have any time to do preview tags. You got nothing. So to me, I'm thinking, assuming the wish of the Cinderella winner is, of course, challenging for the Wonder Storm title, I think they could be holding off on that because, like last year, yeah. um, you know, they had that at a, another big show. I believe the Mirai Challenge came at Flashing Champions. Um, but I also think you could have whoever wins main event a pay per view against. Uh. Yeah. Saya Kamatani, because yeah. they've had that title main event multiple times. You know, we've had we've had the Micah match main event, we've had the Natsupoi match main event. Um, so it's an interesting way to go depending what they want to do. Because if if the Cinderella is beating Saya Kamatani, um, again, again, we are all assuming it's Mia Shirakawa at this point, then maybe you want that in a main event spot. I think that's something to consider. Uh-huh. I don't know that for sure because we don't know what the pay-per-view schedule is too far after All-Star um, Dream Queendom, but there are ways to go here if they want to build up two Wonder Storm title matches or just go right into All-Star as well. Yeah. Um, obviously, the thing is that the Yokama Arena show kind of... We, we don't know yet what to expect here because we have yet... I don't think we have yet to have a title match there announced. The only thing we for sure know is that Shirivis Hashimoto is happening there, and that's non-title. Um, there, and we and we know from some news that Sasha will wrestle there, which also means she's getting a big match, potentially defending the IWGP Women's Belt. And that's where I think if certain wrestlers, Mayu Ibatani, wins the Cinderella Day, could be a the which could also be for the IWGP women's title. Since yeah. I don't really think that that you know that the possibility that Mina wins the Cinderella, even she already got her shot like confirmed or like or like Asaya Kamini said she's gonna get that shot. It's like it yeah. could happen, but mm-hmm. I think the way to go is with my my expected way to go is that they go with Mayu challenging for the IWGP Women's Belt and be the first one to win the Cinderella three times. That'd be pretty cool too. I think that'd be a fun way to change it up. Um, the one, yeah, I I always am excited for the Cinderella though. That final night, and I will remind everyone that usually the final night does involve two title matches, so it's going to be interesting to see how they go about it this year. Um, 
because so for example for those who may not remember uh the tokyo dream cinderella show long ago uh you know the show that shuri and utami uh put the helped put stardom a little bit more on the map of course with their incredible match that was a cinderella final show i think some people forget that uh so it'll be interesting to see what they do with two big pay-per-views back-to-back like the cinderella uh final and all-star grand queen i can't even begin to guess how they build it but i think whoever wins the the cinderella you know your your way of having you know say mayu win and challenge for the iwgp that works because there's no expectation the iwgp title match will be on that show uh at least like in kayfabe but there is expectation the wonder will be by default so there should be a match already announced by then so uh we'll have to wait and see but this is exciting i enjoy the cinderella um especially the later rounds some upsets i'm happy inaba's in it uh you know she was she was the name i was looking for nanai i'm happy nanai's in it to piss some people off um and i'm excited to see who those two names end up being um yeah, what I wanted to add is obviously there's like three pay-per-views in a span of like two weeks or so with the Fukuoka one being a week after. In Yeah. So they have like, if it goes to waste, on, if they go all out, we have like five or six big title matches in a span of like three weeks, Yeah, which is a lot yeah. uh, and a lot to build up to. I'm sh- yeah, my, my guess is that the world title isn't defended all three times. Fact, no, no, definitely not. Um, I'm, I think the Wonder has a shot. You could always defend it on all three. I know, I remember last year. Um, last last year it was that on the show. Cinderella final, it was just the red belt, and then on the Fukuoka yep. show, it was just the white belt. Right, right. So, so it's likely gonna be something like that again. Yeah. And considering, crazy, and, and considering the, the one show is in Fukuoka, I think we can some expect some either FWC title challenge yeah. or, or like a micro title challenge because they love to do that. That's a that's a good that's a good bet uh, that we get one of those two. Uh, I think they showed both of them in the announcement, so should be something to look forward to there. Uh, Cinderella tournament, like we said, 36 competitors. But we move on. Triangle Derby won action. The classmates, Suzuki, Saida, and Koguma defeat a unique Lair Starlight Kid, Rock, and Hurgum Saki. As I said earlier, this match benefited from cheering. Uh, and I think Triangle Derby the rest of the way will do so. Um, just a really fun uh match here. Nothing, nothing to write home about necessarily in terms of like, oh, this is an all timer. But Hazuki has the people in the palm of her hands. Uh, she is. And has been since the moment she came back a workhorse. Um, and I'm excited to see I'm excited to see like how she shines now that she's back. Uh, because her having cheering now for the first time since she retired, uh, that's pretty crazy to think about. Um same goes for Koguma, of course, too. Uh, but I think she really controlled the energy here, and of course, Starlight Kid was over, Iraq was over, you know. Uedo tie was over, um, but I think Suzuki really uh, killed it here, as she often does, because you know she plays to the crowd, and the crowd plays back. Yeah, um, the match had a fantastic ending sequence with with Koguma and Starlight Kid going like all out high speed action for like two or three minutes with all the roll up counters, and 
that that's like that's like what some of the other other triangle derbies matches are missing is like people actually trying. <laughs> um, it, it it sounds like like stupid, but the house shows the house show matches really are just people don't give a shit about the matches or like the tournament at all. They just have those matches and just run it home. So it was refreshing to see that like all six competitors like really cared about the match and yeah. tried to make it do it. It's something special. It sure is. I think I think it excites me for the rest of the Triangle Derby. I think this now kind of raises raises matches by default with cheering. Um, it should create some really exciting wrestling uh, the rest of the way. Um, moving on here, Konami made her return as she teamed with Shurinami Sarai to defeat Queen's Quest. And my forever reminder that the every time Konami comes back, I get sad that she's not back for more than one match uh, because she is so good every time she walks back in the door. Uh, she she seems happier than she you know she's been in a very long time which is great to see but i really want konami around for at least like a month that's all i'm asking for a month i wanted her to challenge julie at the end of the night didn't get that uh i wanted a little bit of everything i got a whole lot of nothing when it came to konami other than a good performance in this match which i thought was really solid as you'd expect from uh these few i thought even uh I thought Lady C and Konami actually closed the match out well, um, which, you know, Lady C can um, be hit or miss, but with cheering, yeah. it changes the game. Um, yeah, that was also Lady C's first cheering show in front of, I think, yeah, I think it was the first cheering show. And um, she, she sure got was. a huge reaction from the fans, and the fans love her. And uh, it, it's likely because, you know, a lot of the fans that are wearing it when you is like, they don't watch Stalin for like five or six years now. They started with the pandemic, like most of us, because it was like the, the biggest rise of stardom. And for them, Lady C is their rookie. It's like the first rookie I've seen. They, they supported her from the beginning of the career. So it's cool to see her getting her cheers because she definitely deserves it. It's, it's like, she's definitely someone who will, uh, who will gain a lot of, gain a lot of, uh, gain a lot of, of the cheering. Yeah, for sure. I think her and Waka are going to um, see their matches lifted a lot because of the cheering. Uh, they have a lot of support, which is nice to see. Like I said, if you wanted to see Konami do some cool stuff, uh, if you wanted to see Utami do something, you know, this has kind of been her role for the better part of the past year, um, then this is a match for you. I think. Uh, I think it was a fun watch. All right, let's get to the big four now here. This is really what we were working our way our ways to. It starts off with Chihiro Hashimoto defeating Mirai in one of my favorite matches of the year so far. Uh, I think I think I was very interested not to see how this match would go. I I knew it would be good. I'm not crazy. Come on now. Um, but I was interested to see. One, Mirai's connection with the fans. Not that I thought she was going to get booed out of the building like some people thought. Like, oh, yeah, it's just clapping. No, she's a, she's a superstar. People love her. But I was interested to see how how much they get behind her. And the way that they booked this match was the perfect way to do so. And it's that you have this huge, dominant, 
uh, outsider in Hashimoto who doesn't really respect Mirai all that much. Uh, she doubts a lot of her abilities. And then you have Mirai, this you know super baby face who feels like, you know, she feels like she may not be on that level during the first half of the match. And then when she turns it on and gets through that struggle that was the first, you know, five minutes or so of Hashimoto disrespecting her because it really, the fire was lit when Hashimoto started slapping Mirai. That's really when I was like, yeah, this, this is, this is everything this match was supposed to be because yeah, Hashimoto is going to go over. She's going to look dominant, but Mirai is going to look like an absolute star in result, which she did Uh, when she hit that, jumping lariat to take down Hashimoto. I'll tell you what, I jumped right out of my chair. I was like, yeah, this is this is this is what I was waiting for. Um Mariah's everything stardom could have asked for and more. Um thank you TJPW. Uh and this match was just another reminder that I think she's ready for whenever she gets her shot. Uh, whether it be the Wonder or World, we'll have to wait and see. But, you know, Hashimoto dropping Mirai on the top of her head with that German suplex was the perfect, like, it was the exclamation point of, like, the cheering because the people were like, yeah, let's go, come on, battle back. And then the moment that happened, everyone stopped. And then Hashimoto won. And I thought that was perfect. Uh, so fantastic match here. What were your thoughts? Um, that match was perfectly booked. Um, it achieved everything it should have and i think even more i mean coming into this we we knew it's gonna be great um but they even exceeded my high expectations for it and it was like simply because the crowd reaction was so behind mirai they they literally backed for her to fight back and fight the outsider that invades the their loved promotion and she had like no shot the whole match i mean even when she got some offense and it was never was like that she had any chance at Hashimoto was like dominant book to to face Shiri down the line, but at the same time it didn't hurt Mirai at all that she was like totally destroyed. It even helped her in some form because mm-hmm. she gained more crowd support. Um, she she looked really good in defeat, and she came off as the popular underdog baby face that I prefer her in because she's way better at getting a beating than beating Agreed. someone up. Agreed, and that was like the perfect match for it and, and like the perfect style for it. Hashimoto, I mean, we, we don't need to say much of her. Uh, she's no. fantastic for yeah. years now. Always was dominant booked, looks dominant here and she is like someone I definitely want to see more of in Stardom, even beyond the Shuri match. I, I couldn't agree more. I think it's the type of match that confirms everything you you think you know going into it with both of them with knowing Hashimoto, you know, she's going to shine on the big, big stage. Um, and you know, Mariah's going to do everything in her power to make the singles match matter. And it, it was just fantastic between this and the next match. They're my, two of my favorite matches on the year so far. Uh, you know, men's, women's doesn't matter, and I think, I think it's it's matches like these that remind you why Stardom is the best at what they do, uh, because you know, you had two of the most highly anticipated title matches of the year so far, 
um, as your semi and main event. And it was these two that really stole the show um, in a good way. It's not to say that the other two matches were bad or anything. Uh, even I thought the main event was great, especially. But these two matches really uh, reminded me why stardom is just so good at what they do. But let's move ahead now. Um, so, of course, uh, Hashimoto Challenge Shuri, we're getting that match. Uh, they didn't say the date yet. You guys can all figure out the date. It's All-Star Dream Queendom. I'll start Grand Queen. Damn it. Um, yeah, I, I I think if I read it right, um, Hashimoto said that she wants to face another one between her and yes, Shuri. She did. So it's, I mean, if she we wants look, someone else. That's all she if, said. If we look, who's possible? It, it's likely Amy. Um, I don't think they bring in someone totally that's not has nothing to do with God's Eye. My hope is it's Tomoka, but. I think, yeah. I think it's going to be Ami. And that definitely would make sense too. Ami would make sense, uh, but Tomoka would be just, that'd be sick. Uh, I, would, I would love that. But next up was the Goddess of Stardom Championship match. Seven up, Nanaitak, Ashley, and you defeating the uh, challengers, Mahime, Micah, and Hameka. And you know what? I'm going to let you take the floor here. Man, um, what can I say? Um, that match was was fantastic. The whole story they played out from the very beginning um, with Himeka injuring her knee that she injured during a house show a few days, a few weeks ago during the, I think it was the fan fest, and then after the, after the the Stardom Awards where she uh, apparently couldn't even walk and had like yep. the brace around her knee. They they saw that and played with it, and it worked fantastically. The crowd was totally behind her. Behind her and Micah. Um, Himeka was then out. Micah comes into the ring, um, fights back. Nene Takahashi, you two of the most dominant wrestlers Stardom has seen in the last couple of months. With Nane, one of the most dominant wrestlers Stardom has ever seen, with the longest reigning World of Stardom champion. Micah fights back, holds DDM into the match. Himeka makes the hot tag, cleans the ring, and then we have the dramatic ending with Nane Takahashi and Himeka. I thought like a cut, couple of times that Himeka had her pinned. She hadn't. Nane finished the match and defends and retains the belt to absolutely silence. Everyone in the arena was like really sad. And that was like the best possible effect of this match. That was what they aimed for. They aimed for Donna De Mondo, the Donna De Mondo duo getting all the cheers. And they just wanted them to win. But it wasn't the night. It was the night again of 7-Up and that it's totally fine what's coming up soon i think and you know people a lot of people want to rightfully sing the praises of Hameka after this match but to me i thought micah was the biggest star of it um and you know i'm not just saying that because peps is on here i'm actually <laughs> saying that because I thought, you know, what she's best at is, you know, being a really good professional wrestler. I know, shocking. Um, but there's just something about her, you know, when she went in there and she was the hero for the team to not only keep them alive, but almost win single-handedly. There was something just special about that. And I think that's a credit also to you and the Nye for kind of what they've built themselves as, which is like just this overpowering never go away type team um but 
you know, Micah was running through them and it just made for such an exciting middle of the match. And, you know, the crowd's going crazy for Micah fighting against these two. Um, and of course, you know, to give credit to Micah, like I said, um, her, you know, really working with the bum knee and, and trying with every part of her being to win this match for them. It was so exciting. They had me on multiple multiple times when she hit the running power bomb they got me i'll tell you that they got me i really really thought my was gonna win uh, i know silly me um my hope yeah. is that you know i think we all expect melt here to come back and win these titles eventually um but if it's not going to be melt here i it should it should, yeah. it should be my yeah uh, um like you said about Micah, I mean, I, I don't need to praise Micah. I think everyone who knows me knows my opinion of Micah. And, <laughs> um, but I think I, I just wanted to point out Himeka's performance more because, you know, first of all, I think Micah, that you expect Micah praise from me is like, it's like expected. Everyone does expect that from me. And otherwise, I also, also, I think that the reason why it, doesn't get as much praise as the Himeka one simply because it was not the ending stretch of the match, um, which is always an important part. I mean, everyone always remembers the finish of a match over like the middle part of it, and Himeka did her job more than well, sold her knee perfectly, um, and it worked perfectly against against Nene Takashi and Yu because they, I mean, especially Nene isn't like the best wrestler anymore, um, but she knows how to fill those gaps that the artist left op- leave leave open and she can perfectly can perfectly fill those gaps and make a match better just with the simple things and she yep. didn't do much there uh, she didn't do much in this match she didn't like go all out work take 50 bumps for them or something but what she did was clever and it worked and it made the match better and that's what a great wrestler makes about is about uh, I 100% agree. Uh, but that was that was fantastic. After the match, that's Couture and Raka challenge seven up to a title match that has been added to oh, what show? Curricon, um, the March 10th Curricon Hall. Yes. Yes, thank you. Uh, so not going on a pay-per-view. I think that's a good uh, good match to put on a Curricon. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's a perfect match for the Curricon. And I mean, like you said, Meltier is is the one that's defroning them at Yoka Marina. They already like pretty much said it, and Stardom is pretty open with her cards sometimes. And that's why I actually think that Mahime losing was the right choice, because if they get the titles again, it shouldn't be another 50 days run. Yeah. Where they just hold the belt, defend it mm-hmm. one or two times, and then drop it back to Meltier, because Meltier is winning, winning the tag belts, especially with their CD coming out. A few days before, I think. A few days after, I don't know. It's around then. Yeah, you're definitely right. I, I think I think that's a good point, though. Um, they deserve their own reign. Um, and if it's not going to happen here, then that's okay. That's, you know, doesn't, it doesn't always have to... It doesn't always have to make sense. I think the 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 showing they had it, it works in their favor because the make was banged up, so it's like they they still look strong. The fans are behind them. Their moment's gonna come. Their moment. Yeah, I I, I think they gained more of this match by losing it than mm-hmm. actually some people think. Um, yeah, the I think fans a lot of people was crazy on Twitter on 
on yeah. every platform possible in the venue. And I mean, Stardom knows what they have with these two. The chemistry they have, the fan support they have, and all of it. And just one final credit to uh, the champions as well, because they're so despised that uh, it's almost shocking to hear how loud booze they get, um, which we got after the match. So uh, I'm intrigued to see uh, where the rest of this goes. What's next for Micah and Amika. Hopefully that uh, I want to talk about two people that would benefit from just having something to do on cards that aren't just, you know, tag matches or roulettes or stuff like that. Uh, those two definitely deserve it, especially after this performance. Anyways, let's move on here. The Wonder of Stardom Championship. Saya Kamatani uh, successfully defeating Momoa Tanabe to accomplish victory uh, 14. Uh, defense number 14, breaking the record. Pretty crazy to think about. Um, you know, we were that, that Momo record was one I think we've all talked about so many times, so many different ways. That rain. Um, and now Saya Kamatani is the one standing atop the Wonder of Stardom title reigns record. And, you know, she could go and try to get the most successful defenses now in uh, stardom history. That could be her next goal, or she could be happy here. But talking about the match itself, the Wonder of Stardom title match, it definitely left some to be desired for a match that I think a lot of people agreed could have been the match of the night. Um now, I know you're going to have a take. I know I'm going to have a take. Uh, so I'll let you go first. Um, yeah. My, my problem with it is, you know, both had a solid performance. None of them stood out really well. I don't think they had much chemistry in this match, at least. It seemed off, for sure. It, uh, which is kind of because I think they had a match in a five-star that was, like, chemistry-wise, way better. Maybe it was because it was less uh, less pressure or something, or whatever. It, it just felt a bit better. A lot has one... ha- I, I will say a lot has happened to Saya Kamatani since then, which I will yeah. talk about in a um, few. I, I think I'm going to leave the Saya Kamatani take to you because I agree with that. Um, my problem is um, since her heel turn, Momo Watanabe's big matches aren't hitting as much as they did under Queen's Quest banner. And I don't know why, at least it's for me. It, it you know, may, people will disagree with me. I don't want to say she's like washed or like a bad wrestler now because she's still fantastic and she's still one of the best in the world on a good day. But it's like, I think now the, the third or third big single smash in a row that she had was like, okay, it was a great match, but I know she can do it better. Um, I don't think the Shuri defense was great or like anything it could have been. Um, that was in July, I think. Um, then he had, she had then she had some some other matches between the fights where it was like okay that could have been better, and now that um, I don't want to say she's bad, but I just feel like that she just needs to figure herself as a heel and how to work as a heel yet, because it just sometimes it feels off. Yeah, I think with Momo, it depends on not only the opponent, but the situation for her. Um, Like, I enjoy the Shuri match. I enjoy... There was a... 
I forget the five star match that I liked a lot. Maybe it was uh, a Suzu the, one. The, the Suzu, Suzu one. one. Yeah. But, yeah. But I love that match, one. But having a good match with Suzu doesn't count. Yeah. It's anymore. not an accomplishment anymore. That's the Suzu's thing. Uh, I actually liked the one with Julia. I, I think, even though it was a little weird. Anyways, the, the, the thing with Momo I've noticed so far in her heel run is she is a fantastic tag team slash trios wrestler. Um, I thought she had a fantastic year last year, and it was mostly because of that, whether it was with um, Starlight Kid or the trios matches, which were also great. Um, and maybe that's because she has more people to work off of in the heel position. But I, I do understand where you're coming from in that she hasn't reached that top, top, top bar um, as a singles wrestler yet since turning heel. Because I think the heel turn has been overall great for her because she has more of a character now and stuff like that. But it is about her still finding it because she, it just feels like the matches don't flow as much as they uh, used to for her at times. Now, I enjoy the matches with Mayu Yutani as well, but that's because they're my favorite matchup. They can have a good match in their sleep. That's like the one combo I'm never worried about. Um, but what I what I will say about this match, and this goes kind of to multiple defenses now, a five-star reign that, or five-star run that wasn't all that memorable, and it's that Saya Kamatani has a funk about her, I think, right now. And maybe that comes from confidence issues. I'm not saying she has confidence issues, but that match with Mina, obviously, Jumps to a lot of people's minds. Uh, of course, you know, accidentally it, hurting Mina with that Phoenix Splash. She hasn't done the Phoenix Splash since, I believe, from my memory. Yeah, she hasn't. She's doing the Firebird Splash now, which is fine. Still a good move. But I think there is something at play here when it comes to Sayakamitani because other than the Kai rematch, think a lot of her work since the five star even the beginning of the five star hasn't been as good as where she was the first six months of last year right people were ready to call this the greatest wonder star and reign of all time it was all wrapped up she had great matches with uh natsupoi tam nakano micah um who else who else mirai like she had great matches here there there like those matches with Natsupoi and Micah especially in the Tam one, those three were, like, phenomenal. I think many people agreed that she was having a better run than Shuri. And then the five-star started. And I think Shuri really turned it up, as she often does. And Saya just, you know, she was, she was fine. She was fine. Um, Shuri had great defenses to close out the rain. is still going in this rain, but you know, I will say that the challengers haven't all been like, you know, main event talent. Like they, they tried something with Haruka Umasaki. Um, there was, as the match went on, it got better. Um, but it wasn't, wasn't necessarily a match. I will remember the Ami Saray match was fine. Uh, but that didn't do too, too much for me. It's just Saya isn't hitting at that high level right now. And it's been that way for a while. I felt like this Momo match was the get right match for her um, in terms of get back on that all-timer pace in terms of match quality. And 
it just didn't happen. It just didn't happen. And like you said, they they were off. Um, they didn't have all the chemistry you'd hope for. There were some great moments in the match. Don't get me wrong. This wasn't a bad match. They can't. No. I don't think these two can have a bad match, even if they're off one day. Uh, but it was definitely the worst of the final four and upsetting to where we thought they could have went. Um, and yeah. I think, you know, Bolter, Bolter definitely uh, to take some blame on that one. And I think I think if they got another shot somewhere down the line where maybe the pressure isn't on Sai as much anymore and, you know, the pressure of just the situation, right, with the record and stuff, they will have a much better match, but this it was it was it was an off night for two of two great wrestlers, which is okay. Yeah, uh, the the things with Sai Kamitani, she has a style that is really about having the confidence because she has like all this flippy stuff. And you know, if you just I I don't want to discredit anyone else what what they do in the ring. For example, like Momo, you know, but like. If you don't have the confidence in throwing kicks, it's something totally different. Yeah. Like doing 450s, doing jumps to the outside, whatever. Oh, yeah. And normally, Saya was never like the, the crispy, clean wrestler. She, she no. was never that. Um, no. she, she always had like some, some weird looking moves in her moveset and some stuff that looked botched or like not as perfect as it could have been. Mm-hmm. Or like as we have seen with other wrestlers doing it. Um, but she always had like. She, she always showed some confidence while doing it. And it feels like, I mean, obviously it's just, you know, jumping to the conclusion, okay, the Mina Shira cover match happened, and then what happened after? Um, I don't want to say it's fully blamed on the Mina Shira cover match, but if there is really some confidence, confidence issues and she has, like, fear to injure someone with her Phoenix Splash or whatever, then take the belt off her now. Um, not not because she's she's a bad wrestler now and she has bad wrestler uh, matches or anything, but just for the reason that she can recover from it. Not only f- physically because her schedule is um, her, her body's gotta be hurting at this point, especially with like doing some some double foot stomp to the outside on the table in some way where like her <laughs> total knees are yeah. fucked up. Yeah. Um, but but I I think she just deserves to break at this point and i think it would be good if she'd take her out for from big matches sooner than later for a bit of time so she can recreate her confidence her she can her physical shape can be better again and all of that yeah i i agree i think i think she's had an incredible go all things considered like it's been a long rain but it's been a good rain um but now that we've gotten to the record, she can lose at any time, at any moment. And yeah. I think that's okay. Uh, Mina yeah. seems to be the next champion, which is fine. Um, I don't think she'll be like a year-long champion, which, again, would, makes it okay to me. Um, but I'm ready to uh, get a move on now that she has the record, I think. And I've also noticed with Saya, she's doing a lot less of her big moves, if that makes sense. Like... She's not hitting, and maybe it's she's not hitting that roll through. Um, it's the La Sombra move. What the hell is it called? I can't even think of it. Um, uh, when she like does the schoolboy and then lifts him up and slams him, she, she didn't do that. It is like schoolboy suplex. Yes, thank you, thank you. Like, she's not 
doing everything as much anymore. Maybe that's just because she's trying to change her matches up, which is fine. That's obviously appreciated. Uh, yeah. But I, I hope um, I hope in these last couple title matches, however many she has, that uh, she's able to go out there and do what she's doing throughout the first, you know, eight defenses or so. Um, nine. I don't know. There's been so many. I can't remember. Um, I mean, yeah, the thing is, the old sounds and negative. We are still talking about great matches. I mean, if you had a match like Saya Kamatani versus Momo Watanabe in another Joshi promotion, would would have been one of the best matches of the entire year for them. It's just the <laughs> level. No, <laughs> that's I so mean, true. I mean, I mean, nothing against certain promotions, but they're like promotions like Novelist. They have like two yeah. big matches in the entire year, so something like that would stand out there. But like in Stardom, it's just a low level Saya Kamatani defense, and even it's not even that. I think it's it's the best defense. Since the carry one, I would definitely put it above Ami and Haruka. I agree. I would I would put it above the the Saki one because that was like great. <laughs> yeah, I, I always forget that one. We, we should forget that one. That doesn't count. <laughs> it was just it was just the pat stats. Um... Yeah, but but you know it, it it's it's a solid defense. It just happens, and I hope that the next defense is against someone then where Saya works can work better with because it's. We we have seen against against Kari, even yeah. though I still think that Kai was underwhelming in some form. Um, That's a title of a draw for you. Yeah, yeah. That I don't know. It just just feels like they they left some things open. It's never going to happen again. But whatever. Um, I will. I want to say this one interesting thing that I've noticed. So, I think all of Saya's best defenses. I think her four, in quotations, worst. Were the first against Unagi, the Saki one, the Umasaki, Amisure, now the Momo one. And I want to note that those are the only matches that didn't go over 20 minutes in her entire reign. So yeah. there could yeah. be reasoning to that, that she needs that longer format to put together her full match and make yeah. it the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At, at the same time, the ones that go too long. The, the Utami one and also the yeah. carry one are the ones that kind of disappointed you. So it's like she, she needs yeah. those 23, 24, 25 minutes to get her yeah, stuff she, in. She's got a sweet spot for sure. She's got a sweet spot with that 23, uh, 24. I mean, just to, I wanted to do this before we move on is that so her reign started, of course, by beating Tam Nakano at Stardom Dream Queendom 2021. Uh, that was a great match. She defended against Unagi. That was fine. The match with Natsupoi, I think, when people started to really pay attention, even that weren't like fully locked in on Stardom, because that's one of my favorites. The Utami one definitely was a letdown because of what they did the year prior. Um, that went 27 minutes and 11 seconds, so it was actually the second longest of her reign. The match with Tam Nakano, the rematch at World Climax, was fantastic. Um, and I think people had lower expectations for that only because they had just fought. Um, Saya and Micah, you know, had magic in Fukuoka Goddess Festival um, back in May. I remember that one fondly. Um, you know, those two have great work together. The Mirai match was also really, really good, um, which was a big challenge, I thought. Kind of, I think, what they were going for with the Ami Sarei one, but I think Mirai was up to the challenge a bit more. Uh, the Starlight Kid one was 
interesting. It wasn't my favorite, but it also was far from the worst. I thought it was a good match, but I think they have better. The Saki one was just kind of there. The Mako one obviously was supposed to be Kyrie, but I thought they did a good job shifting. Uh, the Mina one, we know. Um, that's a big, important one in this overall uh, conversation about Kamatani now, but that was a really good match. That, that was like, that's, that's like the most talked about Saikamitani defense for the mm-hmm. worst reasons possible. Yes, that's... which, again, could play to uh, what she's going through. We don't know. Uh, that's that's the type of thing you just, you know, if you feel bad about, you get a little uncertain with yourself. Uh, the Saya and Kyra one, 30-minute draw, Haruki Umasaki, Amisure, and now Momo Watanabe. So a long reign there. I just want to remind everyone of the big matches that she had. She fought a who's who. Um, only only Tam Nakano twice. So yep. that's pretty crazy. She's been able to wrestle someone fresh every time. Usually by now you see a rematch or two. So uh, I think that's interesting. Anyways, let's move on. Mo- main event, World of Stardom Championship, Julia versus Suzu Suzuki. And this match went kind of the way I expected. And I think maybe it was a letdown to some because it wasn't to the physicality that their first match was, but their entire dynamic has shifted since that five-star match that they had. They're no longer rivals that want to, you know, kill each other, but now they're more so frenemies that are trying to prove who's better. And my biggest takeaway from this match, Suzu Suzuki is the reason this match was as great as it was. It wasn't uh, necessarily, to me, the world champion. Uh, I think I think Julia is figuring out what her world title match style is going to be. Obviously, this was her first defense um, because there were signs of herself when she was wonder stardom champion and then by the second half there were signs of what we've seen for the past two years out of her and i thought that was interesting uh but i thought overall this was a great main event i'm not gonna sit here and act like it wasn't i i still prefer their first match and they still have another great match in them i think that brings it all together but these two can't have a bad match uh just really 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 good pro wrestling to close out the show yeah um you know i i was like i i re-watched that match because i i thought like coming into this or like coming into this match i expect okay we, we're gonna see the best joshi match of the year and now it's arguably not even the best on the entire show um right was it because the match was bad or so no um the match was great um Maybe just expectations were too high of them because they had like the fantastic first match in the five star with all the storytelling. That's now gone. The magic of the first match between them is gone. And now we have the second match, and it was still fantastic. I mean, we talk about one of the best Josh matches of the entire year. Yeah. Here. And Suzu Suzuki is fantastic. Julia is fantastic, even though her new theme is not fantastic. <laughs> but that's another thing. <laughs> and um I mean it, it was a great opening defense for or like great first defense for Julia. She just can wrestle and I loved it. The, the first five minutes were, were like the typical Julia big match. She goes to the outside brawls, does the grappling stuff. Um I think she just 
does that to get Hideki Suzuki happy, but who knows? <laughs> because it's it's not needed, and I don't think she's good at it. Um, Suzu turned it around, made her to own pace, and just ran with it. Um, she proved once again why she's so so good and why so many people praise her to the level of one of the best in the world, regardless of the gender. Mm-hmm. And um, if she's ever signing, she definitely should win the belt. At yeah. The, yeah. At the same time, if if she's signing or not is another thing because, you know, prominence, it's okay. It's her thing that she wants to do. I mean, she has a big match against Jinka Sai. That's like a big thing for Joshi to have that. And I think she, she's going to be fine if she's not signing with Stardom. And obviously, she's going to be in Stardom for multiple years now. I mean, I would not be shocked if she's still winning any belt because they seem really high on her. Um, she she gets all the big matches. She can defeat. Um, she's defeating some of the biggest names in Stardom in the five-star. Now she's getting th- this big mag- get match against Julia at the first ever cheering show. And it was not a cheering show because um, because like the government decided, okay, now cheering is allowed. It was planned in advance. So they always wanted to be that Suzuki being in the main event of the first ever cheering show since the return or like with the return of cheering in stardom, which, which is high, really, really high praise for her, I think. And, you know, for, for Julia, um, I, I would love to see that we see a shortest world of stardom title ring after the last three being like a year long. I think all <laughs> three were really long, yeah. but it's Julia. Um, Maybe we don't get a year-long reign, um, but the potential is there that we get a two-year-long reign. And that, oh, <laughs> um, it, it seems scary um, because you know who is she gonna face? But there's like, okay, she has like 15 people oh, lined she up. Has that a she whole could challenge. Yeah, I was just saying she um, has an entire roster and then outside, so I'm not worried about that. That that's like, that's like you know, okay, we are just at the start of it, and it started really well, and. I think if the opponent wasn't Suzuki or she hadn't had this background and we had the same match, everyone would have been blown away by it. Yep. I agree. I totally agree. Um, on, the, on the topic of Suzu, I think, you know, we all talk about her potential overall and it's not even potential anymore. She's just a bona fide superstar, but she she could be world champion tomorrow <laughs> in this company. Like she could be world champion, she could be Wonderstorm champion. Um they're built they've they've built her to the point where she is a superstar in the world of stardom. Like we yeah. they want us to appreciate and understand who she is, and I think that is important. You know, she's already above, in terms of booking-wise, she's already above Starlight Kid and Azumi, for example. Um, and I think, and you know, she's former Ice Cross Fitty champion Ice Ribbon, like that matters. Uh, but she's come in, she's been nothing but a success. So I think it's a matter, to me, it'll always be a matter of when, not if, she gets more of an official deal with this company. Um, whether that is fully exclusive or not, we'll have to wait to see because, you know, so we don't announce contracts anymore. 
Um, but if she were no. to sign, it feels like the type of contract that they would announce. Uh, I think the moment she does, she gets given a title, a singles title. It's just kind of the way it feels. Uh, but I, 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 we'll wait and see because she's going to be great. And, and on top of Julia, I think I think with her, it's either the rain's going far. It's going to be shorter than a year or far past a year. It's not going to be exactly a year. Uh, like the past couple have been pretty much. So I'm excited to see where Julia goes now. Um, there's so many different avenues for her. Uh, we just don't know yet. And we know Suzu has the artist belt, so that'll be what she's busy with here in Stardom for the yeah. time being. Uh, but I can't wait to see what's next for Julia because we didn't get any title challenges at the end of the show, which again plays to the idea that we don't really have an ideal spot for title matches to be happening. Um, so... Like, like, we'll yep. have to wait and see. Uh, if they want to toss something on the new Blood Premium show, I would lean towards more the high speed than any other belt. But I guess wonder if there was some like new young talent that challenged uh, Kamatani on that show, which is um, yeah. not impossible. Yeah. Um. Uh. To to remind people, last year they had the the World Climax shows, and they announced both Red Belt title matches two months in advance. So if they want to sell tickets for the Yokama and they want a main event with a Red Belt title match, which is not confirmed yet, because, you know, it, it always could be um, a, they book Mayu versus Mercedes as a main event for the IWTV Women's Belt or Kairi versus Mayu or whatever. Um, but I think if there's something, uh, if there's something coming for the, for the Yokama Arena show with the red belt it's it's being announced of like the angles getting set up pretty soon yeah if it's yeah. if it's at the next curricon or i think the latest possibility is the triangle derby is likely where we will know what's going to happen because they need to sell tickets um it's not like it's not like a venue where they say like 1.5k tickets and that's it they aim for like 4.5k or so which is a lot yeah for stardom they sure yeah they're going for a big number understandably so um just for instance that cork and hall show uh julia and tecla and my they're facing prominence uh so i don't expect to reach a sarah challenge necessarily uh but we we know Mayuki, he's probably coming down the pipeline soon um that could always happen sooner rather than later depending where they want to do that match whether that be at yokohama arena or elsewhere but that overall is the stardom supreme fight 2023 show uh lots of fun great pay-per-view that's all we're talking about today uh i don't have you know max Hart tournaments this weekend tjpw the finals i don't need to preview yeah. it um <laughs> you know sendai girls has a show that we'll never see uh Marvelous has a show that... where, where Mio Momoto faces Ito in like her. Yeah, I think thanks. she's starting a trial series now because yeah, thanks for the awful reminder that she's facing Carol Ito in 2023, and I have no confidence that she'll win just because she lost it to Moko Watanabe. It's uh, a seventh, um, it, it's a seventh seventh anniversary as a wrestler, to be fair. So it's a big thing for her. Um, yeah, you would like to think that it'll be fine, but I, 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 so I she will lose like ten minutes instead of five. Yay! Woo! Uh, so 
I may talk about that next week. Probably won't because I don't want to watch Carol Ito wrestle ever again. Um, at least current Ito. I can watch her old. Uh, so that's that's that. We'll have, and then Stardom's running again this weekend. Uh, let's see. Actually, what what any any juice? I know we have some good matchups coming. If this would load, I would tell everybody. Um, I think, I think, I think it's, oh, I got it's it. a big prominence. No, wait. So we have, oh, so, okay, here we go. We have seven ups, uh, Nanai, you, and Unimizamori versus God's Eye. So that's pretty big time. Yeah. That's uh, we, we have Queen's Quest against Rebel and Enemy. It's a good one. Um, Team Lollipop's back in action. And, oh, Julia, Micah, and Hameka are teaming up against classmates oh that's kind of mean um, they, they have no shot all right and then on sunday let's see let's see let's see let's see i just i thought i just saw konami on the poster and i got really confused but no it was not konami um oh sunday's a little sunday only has two triangle derby matches actually it's uh we have ddm action it was, it's julia my soccer and tecla against micah hameka and lady c and then Starlight Kid, Hiroko Musaki, and Ruaka versus Wakasugiyama, Rinamikura, and Yuko Sakurai. So not a major, major show there, uh, but should be interesting. Should be interesting. Uh, Natsupoi, Mina Shirakawa, and Mariah May are teaming up, so I do think that's a little interesting tidbit. I think that's the first time yeah, the first Mariah May is teaming with anyone else, so. Worth checking out that. Well, I'll be back next week to do that. But Peps, hit him with the plugs. Hit him with what you should be uh, looking out for in your future. Um, yeah. Uh, follow at Pax, uh, P. Oh, sorry, I forgot that my account got suspended. <laughs> at I just P. Say, under- sadly, that has changed. <laughs> under slash under slash wrestling on Twitter because um, there's something bigger coming soon. And also check out all the stuff I post on Recipes and also on the Five Star Network in the future. Yes, please do. Um, as always, follow me at Scotty Wrestling on Twitter. Like, like Pep said, check out the Five Star Network. Lots going on there. Um, not an, a plenty. Let, let me just say, there's so much going on there that I can't keep track. Um, <laughs> so there, there, there you go. Make sure to check out that. Uh, follow the five star network on Twitter at five star network. Very simple. I made sure of that. Um, But otherwise, thank you for listening, everybody. And we'll be back next week with another episode of the five star Joe show. See ya.